This is Jan Cox talk number 2510, recorded April 10th, 2000. First, how about a question I just saw on the way over? What would you call a condition wherein you are so high that any known drug you could take, no matter what it was, including hallucinogenics, would bring you down? Uh-huh. Or take amphetamine that make it take a nap? You're supposed to know the answer. You're supposed to keep it hid. You're supposed to be indifferent to it. Well, except for those of you who know how to tap dance. Uh, always considered that'd be an exception. Well, I was waiting. Nobody pictures Buddha out by himself somewhere tap dancing. I do. All right, I'm going to read what I wrote here first. In that, there continues to be an interest in my model of man being run by three interconnected overlapping circuits of red, blue, and yellow, and reminding you that the red, of course, roughly represents the body, the blue, the emotions, and the yellow circuit, the brain's activity, generally referred to as the mind. And in that, the brain has two eyes and can look at itself through a metaphorical one and through a literal one. Why limit ourselves to one or the other? Why not use them both? Why not juggle them back and forth? Surprise ourselves and keep our attention on its toes. Remember this, neither man nor any aspect of life is divisible. Dissection employed at the autopsy of a dead body is not the same thing as a holistic investigation of a living one. The yellow circuit specializes in uh, deductio minimus, the thought-supported cutting up the thought thought supported cutting up of that being studied into ever smaller and smaller subunits. And while this approach serves well the cause of technology and science, it gives philosophers and mystics conversational material, it can never accurately reflect the coherent nature of life. And, but, what the hell? All we're doing is talking about it, right? What damage can it do? And what difference can it make anyway, right? So, here's some more talk about that one teeny little highly specialized matter that normally lies outside the yellow circuit's area of expertise, and in fact beyond its scope of awareness, which is, of course, itself. I was going to say don't mention it to your own yellow circuit, but I hate to make you feel bad, see, because if I said that, some of you might be sharp enough to go ahead and try it. And then later realize that it doesn't make any difference anyway. <laughs> and then, of course, all you're asking for is heartbreak. Well, heartbreak in the yellow circuit. <laughs> well, known in some quarters as facing the truth. But I didn't have change for a dollar. Here we go. The operations of the red and blue circuits take up all of the space physically available for their operations. The same is not so with the yellow circuit. There is always space within its scope, within its realm of operations, that is not used, and which makes possible a man's feeling that he has a self which directs the yellow circuit operations if he is asked about it. You see, when a man is asked if he is controlling his yellow circuit activity, 
it is the ever-present unused area therein that makes possible the instant but temporary appearance in the unused space of this yellow circuit produced self that for a brief moment proclaims its existence and authority. When rain is covering all of an acre that it can cover, and the acre is taking no notice of itself, the only existence of the acre, beyond its obviously physical one, is totally lost within the fall of the rain. Well, if you were simple-minded people, I would give you simple metaphors. And I heard someone say themselves, that's far beyond complex. No, it's not. How can a man's eye be asleep, save he has none and is naught but his sleep? And how can a man have an awakened eye, save he himself bring it into existence by a willful use of the normally unused space within yellow circuit operations? Say this to yourself. I am asleep because my yellow circuit activity is totally engrossed in its own activity. And I am awake through the simple fact of causing to appear in its unused space an awareness of itself. It's also simple that we must speak of such complex matters as red circuit, yellow circuit, being awake, being asleep, and all that other highly interesting and entertaining stuff. Don't you just love it? A father summoned his son to his private den, had him sit down, sit down, and said, I have something of great importance to tell you. Life produced the universe. The universe produced the stars, and the stars produced the planets, and the planets produced us. Do you understand what I'm telling you? And the lad, yeah, replied, yeah, that you're not going to give me the money to go study with that mystic I told you about. I see Leonardo's been back here again. <laughs> Far beyond the 12 disciples that are, hell, we've got twice that many here on canvas. <laughs> Feet can learn, hands can learn, eyes can learn, and tongues can learn. But if you think that thinking can learn from the likes of other thinkers, you are in for, you are, you're in for living forever the life of a child. The electricity of life flows from the planet into your feet, then up your spine, terminating in the cortical area of the brain. And while this picture would be dismissed by earthly scientists, you need to keep in mind that their judgments are based solely on thoughts. They only ride that train when it is in the roundhouse. Yeah, yeah, I know you're still not going to give me the money. <laughs> With the art, of one, with the air of one who had made a great discovery, a boy confronted his father. Quote, do you realize that were it not, was it not for the yellow circuit, we couldn't suffer? Oh, we could be in physical pain, but we couldn't suffer. To which his father responded, yes. But was it not for the yellow circuit, we wouldn't have psychiatry to treat our suffering. <laughs> Guess we got the old man on that one. I guess the old man got him on that one. There was once a man who came dangerously close to deciding that if he could somehow teach his red circuit to speak, that this would achieve the goal he had so long hungered for. Later, his brother pointed out an alternative. Quote, you learn to hear what the red circuit is already saying. The man thought about this for a moment, 
then dismissed it, saying, nah, <laughs> that sounds too mystical. <laughs> Plus too simple. I just rewrote it. Nah, that sounds too simple. No, that sounds too mystical. Nah. I'll save it for later. <laughs> I enjoyed it. A man who says I, but does not feel it in his gut, lies and deceives himself. Headline, more regarding Yellow Circuit Reality. When he saw a headline, quote, man killed by, by hippopotamus under suspicious circumstances, <laughs> a man said to himself, whenever, whenever someone is killed by a hippopotamus, <laughs> it's under suspicious circumstances. <laughs> and he is correct. And that once the yellow circuit, the yellow talking circuit takes note of such an event and then comments their own, it will always seem to establish <laughs> suspicious circumstances. And I might add, in truth, the headline is not so much about a hippopotamus killing a man as it is about the human circuitry responsible for the headline. When I thought of that one, I almost left town. <laughs> I was going off finally to India, or maybe Rio, and start a new mystical commune based on that one story. Hippopotamus kills man under suspicious circumstances. Maybe instead of those in stores, the guy just holds up one finger and that's his only teaching. That would be mine. Every day, give them that same story. And then look, does anybody get it? A man asked a mystic, which is more fun, being awake or thinking about it? And the mystic replied, I'm glad you didn't ask which is the easiest. And the man asked, then which is the easiest, being awake or thinking about it? And the mystic replied, oh, I'm glad you didn't ask which is the most fun. The red and blue circuits get their exercise through the performance of their natural duties. The yellow circuit gets its by running in place. There were three little birds in a nest. And when their mother would fly in to feed them, she would do so in a certain manner. She'd feed one of the chicks, then it would pass along part of its food to the one beside it, and then that one in turn would give a portion of the food it received to the third chick. Being last in line doesn't necessarily mean that you won't get fed. It just means, in one particular circumstance, that you learn to subsist on food you can't touch. A boy asked his father, Who do you love best, me or one of my two brothers? And in reply, the elder kicked him in the shin, slapped his face, punched him in the stomach while screaming threats and curses at him. Immediately followed by a detailed explanation as to why the boy should not take any of it personally. An effort that almost succeeded right up to the moment when the lad suddenly realized what was going on.
Should I not use convoluted and challenging metaphors on Monday? Is that it? And someone said, add Tuesday? Okay. Wednesday, maybe. Ask yourself, when you are having angry thoughts, are your thoughts angry? <laughs> it takes an exceptional eye to ever see through the brambles surrounding this matter. But to an exceptional person, it's worth the effort. Those who know what's going on are those who have discovered the nature of the brain's me switch. Click, click. The yellow circuit tells man that they are in a race, and normal people ride their horse as fast as they can. The few, however, try to slow down, and some of them, in fact, attempt to dismount. In the brain, the fuel for thoughts comes either from instant sensory stimuli or from its memory. A man looking around for the secret should keep an eye on this situation. Remember, red circuit is directly fed, with blue circuit not far behind. It's the yellow circuit that is last in line. Pop quiz. Who is it that can damn near live on air alone? The current head of a grand and wondrous, quote, secret monastery dedicated to the achievement of all of, of that all-important and elusive goal, one morning announced to all of the monks and residents pursuing the great aim, quote, this is the head of the monastery speaking, I have made the following decision. I will not be much awake or enlightened on days when I don't feel so hot. <laughs> and on days when I feel pretty good, I'll do better. Now, let this be a lesson to you all, you pinheads. Now go get some breakfast. There's this thing about lessons. People only learn lessons that their brain already knows. So, what's the point of people going through the charade of learning lessons? Although everyone's red circuit knows what's going on, only a few people ever have the information have the that information reach their yellow one. Everyone else has to fake it which is at the heart of pretending to learn lessons. Remember, uncertainty only counts in horseshoes. One king rules all kingdoms, although it seems as though three princes have a hand in doing so. One king rules all kingdoms, and his name is life, reality, and the universe. The chemical composition of life, reality, and the universe consists of you and all of your surroundings, neither of the two being superior and, in fact, them not even being separate entities. All that I have just instantly noted comes to you, courtesy of man's yellow circuit. Step on a nail, hurt and bleed. Step on a nail, hurt, bleed, and worry that you may lose your leg. Step on a nail, Hurt, bleed, worry that you'll lose your legs, and tell someone about your worry. <laughs> now, 
Now that's the way of the fully completed normal human of this life and reality. And if you aspire to be otherwise, take note that of the three princes who have a hand in the running of your individual life, that even though the youngest is the one, is the only one who comments their own, this is not proof that he is the wisest. In modern times, even the grossest of tyrants has a PR spokesman to verbally put the best spin on events in the kingdom for the pacification of the public. You do realize that the yellow circuit in you fulfills this function with you playing the role of the public. Life is not fair. Life is not unfair. Yellow circuit just talks about it. That is fairness. Just between me and you, then not here in the news, but life is more... I don't know. What's fun. Wasn't life more interesting back when things were fair and unfair? <laughs> and if you say it's not, might I sometimes see a look on your face like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't deserve this. Well, I would have wrote a news item about that, except I couldn't spell. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Hank will recognize the Geese and Slaw brothers when he hears them. One man wondered if I. Dress like I'm awake, will I be awake? <laughs> Yet another lesson on the verge of being learned. Headline, more overlooked facts concerning yellow circuit's importance. Fact, was it not for the yellow circuit, men would not have competing religions. Fact, was it not for the yellow circuit, men would not have competing religions to fight over. See, this is going to be the upside and the downside. Fact, was it not for the yellow circuit, sexual partners would not be able to verbally abuse and insult one another. Fact, was it not for the yellow circuit, what would men and women do when they're not having sex. <laughs> Fact, was it not for the yellow circuit, we could not fret over the past, nor worry about the future. Fact, was it not for the yellow circuit, we'd be stuck. Yuck, in the right now. Fact, was it not for the yellow circuit, we'd have no notions of an inner, of an inner individual freedom. Fact, fact is, this one's so obvious I shouldn't even bother mentioning it, but fact, was it not for the yellow circuit, we'd have no notion of being confined to begin with. Fact. Everything that man uniquely is, everything that, ma that, that makes man killing a hippopotamus a normal event, but a hippo killing a man to be suspicious circumstances, everything that makes man delighted to be man, that makes men delighted to be man, and everything that makes men deplore their own name can be traced to the yellow circuits, unnatural, to the, the yellow circuits natural and irrepressible activity of Thinking about things. Thinking about damn near everything that has happened and everything that might happen. The yellow circuit does it all. Now, the one thing it does not normally do is think about itself from a vantage point outside of its instinctive operations. And fact, it doesn't need to. In fact, but a few still want it to. And lastly, the truth about the secret. Given in, in alternative versions, the secret either is that there is no secret or that the secret is 
that the yellow circuit says that there is a secret. <laughs> Somewhere in all of this, I assure you, is the secret. Well, I hardly know what to say. Said he rubbing his face. Well, I've already written some more that I was going to bring next time, but it's touching on something I was talking about Friday, last time, that after I left, I did not feel at all satisfied with the result. I was not using it at the time. If you recall last time, I was just talking about feelings and thinking, but for my own reasons, and people still, after all these years, I get letters and notes about the circuits. And uh, as I pointed out in my written intro, man's thinking has the ability to look at itself or to try to, I left out try to, but to try to look at itself with one of two eyes. It has two. It can look at itself, try to, literally, scientifically, physically, the operation of the physiology of the brain, the nervous system, the anatomy of the nervous system. And it also has another eye that it can attempt to look at itself metaphorically, which you could say when it's operating at its best is what all religion is. It's what all myths are, legends. My, at least the interpretation I gave you of Odysseus, you can look at as being a metaphor for a man's inner journey. You could pick out all sorts of things. Pilgrim's Progress, which is, even he attempted that on the surface to be a parable for the Christian trek toward salvation. And you can take Buddha's uh, wandering from his home and the lessons he learned, the shocking lessons. You can take Dante's Inferno, by the way, since I got numerous comments, especially in my town of people in the last, well, recently that enjoyed my personal analyzation of Odysseus and then Macbeth, does everyone realize I could still go back, do them, or pick up a new one, take Hamlet or anything, and I could give a red circuit interpretation, I could give a blue circuit interpretation, and I could give a yellow circuit interpretation of it but as you should be able to do of course when I started that I'm going to have to point out to you if you get really good you can give all three separate interpretations to your own life <laughs> ooh I'm sorry I thought of that <laughs> now, I used to read things like that you know, world-famous authors, you know, philosophers, or social reflectors. Not the kind on your bicycle when you're going to a party. <laughs> the kind of guys that sit around and muse about the nature of life. You used to read about things. I can't remember who, but people on you know, a highly acclaimed level, like the Girders or Nietzsche's. And every now and then you read in their writings, they'd be going on about something. I can't remember. It would be stuff like, uh, finally, when I was in college or the university, I began to doubt my parents' idea of a God, which at first was liberating, but now sometimes I wish I had never thought of that. <laughs> and it sounds so profound, but think about that yourself. 
<laughs> what kind of intellectual heroes does humanity have that a man will have a thought? It doesn't matter what I just, wasn't it the, that thought itself, but to have a thought that seems to be, well, from normal views would be profound. Having to do with you know, the nature of life, that there is a God or not a God. And then him later say, because of some thought he had, that he now regrets that he ever had such a thought. <laughs> I see some of you get it. I hate to be critical and sarcastic, but I'm being theatrical to make the point, but evidently most of you got it. I'm sorry, but from my view, I do not call that thinking. I do not call that that person has the ability to do what I know the yellow circuit can do. That is... If you know how to think, it's not possible to have a thought and then think, I wish I'd never thought that. Yeah. <laughs> you may abandon it. You may replace it. But to, the, but to have a feeling like, God, I wish I'd never thought of that, as though that's going to affect your life. <laughs> hey, don't get me started on that again. I still am not satisfied that all, any of you or all of you got that one some months back. Uh, not, as I said, I've already gotten some stuff written, I guess is why I thought about it, for next time. But the yellow circuit has such, you realize the red and blue circuits, we're talking about ordinary people now, forget so-called classifiable neurotics or psychotic, we're talking about the, most of the six billion people on this planet. Within those people, the red and their blue circuits has a head-on, right-on awareness of what they are. Well, let's say that you're short and fat. There's nothing in the world you can do to your red circuit that will ever make your red circuit not aware that you're short and fat. Or that you've got a bum leg. Or that you're missing a finger. Or that you've got 13 toes on one foot. There's nothing you can do. And there's nothing you can actually do to the blue circuit. If it is actually frightened, you can forget Walt Disney and Jiminy Cricket about, well, I'll just whistle and I won't be frightened. You can whistle all you want to. <laughs> when the blue circuit is frightened, when you are frightened, the blue circuit knows it and it's not open to debate. The yellow circuit, being the only one that speaks, and is considered to be, not without cause, of course, but it's considered to be the crowning achievement of evolution on this planet. And it has no idea, even amongst those considered to be the... Uh, intellectual Illuminati of human history. Even in them, the yellow circuit has no idea of what it is. It has no awareness of its own nature. When I said a few months back, I came up one and was talking about the same thing in a different way, but I never did sense that everyone saw what I was directly pointing to. And that is, I pulled out several, made up several examples, and if they didn't work, I assume you could make up your own, but if you heard ideas like, or if someone stated that the most important event that could happen to humanity would be for God to appear, and if you're not a religious person in the last four or five decades, it's been if alien life actually appeared, not to a couple of guys drinking Paps Blue Ribbon down in Louisiana on a shrimp boat, <laughs> but that aliens landed you know, at our nation's capital. And there they were on live TV. That by all comments from cosmologists, philosophers, religious leaders, politicians, every time the subject comes up, they say, well, it's interesting possibility, and we hope someday if they're out there, we'll contact them, all that. 
But there's one thing for sure we should be thinking about being prepared for it, because if we do find out there's life in this universe besides us, you know what happened with uh, Copernicus destroying the idea that man's the center of our solar system or the center of the universe, and we're only a piece of something. It changed radically and forever man's conception of himself and his place in the universe. But my God, that would pale in comparison if alien life shows up. Life would change forever. And if you don't watch it, you'll sit there and you might go, but you not long, you, you do not resist it at all. And I point out to you, but I spent, if you remember last time, 15 minutes building this up, trying to get you going so that I could you know, suck you down into the donut hole with me, <laughs> make you try to see it. Or if God showed up, showed up on live TV, he said, stay tuned, I'm going to go to the bathroom, I'm going to step around here, I'll give everybody a chance to turn their TVs around the world, and then I'm going to tell you something that you've been... All those scenarios, you'd think if it happened, I mean, you don't question the fact the roundup, the preface comment that life would never be the same. No man's life would ever be the same once alien life shows up. Alien life could show up, you could watch it on TV, people all around the world, play for five or ten minutes, I don't know whether it lasts that long. Might be interested. Then they'd get up and go to the bathroom, go get a beer, you know, switch on and see if there was, you know, not a ball game on some other channel. <laughs> And the next day, it would have no effect, assuming the aliens didn't do anything. What I'm saying is, is what, or what I'm trying to point to you is that people say, other people's yellow circuits say, our yellow circuits would be irrevocably altered in a dramatic fashion. <laughs> See, that's the whole thing about the idea of not only that education or learning facts will change what you are, but also... The intellectual idea, even though people don't like to phrase it this way, but it's the intellectual idea that you're waking up the mind when you achieve enlightenment, or you're enlightening the mind when you wake up. Nobody catches on that the yellow circuit is made out of silly putty. <laughs> and not just silly putty, but silly putty that constantly goes, huh, and, and it, it holds its chin and strikes these very dramatic and you know, thoughtful poses. And if the only thing that's in there in the yellow circuit is its own activity, it is completely engrossed in itself, you're asleep. That's what I was about to get back to. I was talking about this using different terms last time. So let me bring it up because I'm going to use this at least for the next few nights. In the yellow and red circuits, what goes on takes up all the available potential for it to go on. That is when you're hungry, let's say. Then if you had a hungry area in the red circuit, which you don't, but if there was an area, I don't know what's called an area, a space, a potential, but let's say an area so I can make it an object. When you're hungry, in the hungry, the hungry area is either on or off. When you're hungry, you're hungry. All right, we all know the term. I'll make it clear here in a minute because I don't think I did Wednesday. And you can look in yourself, and no one, I've never seen this pointed out, and it's as clear as hell, and it's useful, or I wouldn't point it out. Oh, well, yeah, I would for a cheap laugh. <laughs> Man's insides are always good for a cheap laugh, as far as I'm concerned. Well, above the neck, of course. <laughs> Below the neck, there's some things not very funny, in case you, in case you like to check with Robert. <laughs> or any women who had a baby, evidently. But! You've all heard the term that someone was of a mixed mind. And you've thought it or said it. That is, someone asks you your decision and you are 
undecided. Or you say things like, well, in one way, I want to say, yeah, I'll do it, or I believe it, or I'll do it. But then again, I think, no, my mind's just not completely made up. Philosophers, (laughs) all sorts of people say that. But you understand that does not occur in the red or blue circuits. When you're hungry, of course, the red circuit does not say it's hungry other than on your stomach growling. It does not say I'm hungry. But your, your red circuit does not experience anything similar to, well, I'm of a mixed mind. That is, you do not, the red circuit doesn't go, well, I'm hungry, but then again, no, maybe I'm not. Now, that sort of thing, I know people say that, but that sort of thing is when yellow circuit is the first one, or the only one, to such a thing an advertisement. Or certain walk by a pizza parlor, and it's got a big sign, buy one, get ten free. <laughs> and assuming you're a rather male cheapskate, and you just got through eating, you think, well, why not? You know? <laughs> and then you might, then, but see, then you might do this, you might stop and go, well, Jesus, I just ate. Yeah, but ten, well, yeah, but I can take them home. Well, yeah, but they'll get soggy. Yeah, but you can put them in the freezer. Yeah. But damn, how am I going to tear 10 home? So you understand, it was not hunger that brought about that particular scenario. That is, it wasn't red circuit hunger. It was yellow circuit activity. I'm saying, when the red circuit is simply hungry, it fills up all the potential. You're not partially hungry. Again, I re- Point out something that surely you figure out. The degree, the intensity of your hunger can vary from time to time. You can be, as people call it, really hungry. Twin is you could eat three sandwiches, or you could be just a little hungry. You might just eat a couple of crackers. But the point is, the potential of being hungry is fully executed when the blue circuit is active. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of emotions that require thinking. When you are, let me use frightened, that covers, to me I like that one, but I could use something else. But when you're frightened, physically frightened, you're not partially frightened. You're either frightened or you're not frightened. Again, I repeat, you can be a little frightened or more frightened, according to circumstance. But whatever the degree of fright is at the time, the potential to be frightened is fully executed vis-a-vis the circumstances. Whether it's just a noise you hear at night in the house or whether it's somebody jumping out of the bushes and put a gun to your head. In either case, you're as frightened as your frightened potential can be for those circumstances. None of this is true, I say to you, in the yellow circuit. And I say to you, those of you who can hear this is a variation of something I talked about 10 years ago. I used to draw diagrams, but I see it. This picture is fuller to me. The yellow circuit is never, never exhibits that. It is the, its potential is never filled, which, if you can see it this way, in you explains several salient questions that people have considered to be a plague upon man's understanding or a hole in his understanding, not exempting mystics. It explains. Just the idea that you can never be mentally satisfied. That there's never a final answer to anything. Now, when the yellow circuit says that, that there's never a final answer to anything, notice this. This is always talking about some subject 
that is yellow circuit based. That is, it's always talking about a secondary matter. The yellow circuit never bothers to say that any activity in the red circuit never comes to finality because it does. That is, you're hungry, you eat, you eat enough to where you're not hungry, and you're not hungry. So when the yellow circuit said there's never an end to anything, it is only talking about activities indigenous to itself. That is, do we live after we die? I'm just making this up as I go along, make up your own examples. And somebody years ago comes up, and they says, yes, I was out watering my buffaloes, and the spirit of the creator came to me, and he said, write this down. So I wrote it down, it says, if you will send me $50 a month, care of my friend here, you will live after you die. So, maybe several people who had great yellow circuit fear of dying thought, I like that. Maybe it lasted a month, maybe it lasted a year, and then somebody pointed out, well, this guy died that had the message. <laughs> the, the point is, when you come up, it's not just religion, when you come up with a, a political model that socialism is the answer, then socialism begins to crack. And then somebody says, well, what we need is Christian socialism. So then they try that. You understand, if it's a secondary activity, there simply is no end to it. And that usually doesn't bother people. It takes, it only pops up amongst philosophers and social critics and ordinary people who are pissed off about some particular event that bears on them personally. But it is a known fact that you don't just think about some subject. If it's a yellow, it's a secondary uh, realm. Ordinary people do not distinguish between the two. But they just say that there's some matters that we'll never, we'll never see the end of. We'll never know whether God exists or not until we die, you know, and confronted with him or not. They miss the whole point. As always. We won't know the answer whether there's a God or not, not because, it's not based on whether there's a God or not. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> All right, what I was trying, I was going to point out several things that are explicable or sh should, well, they are explicable <laughs> by the fact that the yellow circuit never fulfills its full potential. There would be no sensation in anyone of an eye. This to me is the big one, but I don't know whether it may take a while some of you rolling it around your head. Picture what I'm saying again in the yellow circuit. If I establish your religious in the red and blue circuit, you know, most of the time nothing particular is going on. They operate at a very low intensity under civilized conditions today. Right now, as you know, your red circuit is turning, is analyzing more information than I can talk about. If I try to talk about it, I get behind. It's checking your heart rate, your temperature, your output of insulin, uh, urine. Uh, it's adjusting where you're sitting. It's shifting your weight. Your blue circuit is on call. They're alert. They're processing information, but under most contemporary, at least in our part of the world, circumstances, everything's at a pretty even keel, which is, I tried to point out to you, as I suggest to you, to put it allegorically, that that is the intrigue of a life of crime, it's the intrigue of horror movies, 
It's the interest and news of the horrific. Because vicarious, but it will do it to people. I was going to say vicariously, but it actually works on them. Of looking at a horror movie, and you know if it's a good one, if you like those, it's not a good one to you unless it make, makes your heart pound. Unless it's times during the movie, you get frightened that your, that your red and blue circuits exhibit the literal physiological phenomenon of true fright. When it's just something, it's just images. Just light waves and sound waves. I tell you that the reason people like that is that normally the blue and red circuits are not stirred by any great passion. And it's not just that that we're after, though, that humans are after. It's not just that. It's because when they're stirred with passion, it juices up the yellow circuit. And that's what people are after. And it takes a while, I believe, if you understand that, for anybody to see that. Because you think, well, it's the blue circuit wanting to be excited. Yeah, that's true. There's no doubt about that. It enjoys being frightened. You can't say it enjoys being frightened. You know that that won't fly. Because we have normally, most civilized people, we normally have very little occasion for the red or blue circuit to get above sort of a flat line, just minimal level of operation. We don't want it to be. When you get down to red circuit, real, if you're going to raise the temperature and intensify red circuit activity, normally what you're faced with is a threat to survival. And we don't want that. Nobody wants that. Tough to get up every day and you don't know whether you're going to live or die, whether you get enough food to eat or whether your neighbor's going to come over and kill you. You're afraid to go to sleep. Food is so scarce that if you go to sleep, someone may come over and kill you for a crumb of bread. Nobody wants that. They don't want what goes on in the blue circuit of living under those conditions. We're living under a tyrannical government where people are capriciously executed. You can die from stress. So it's not that the blue circuit really wants to be frightened. It wants to be excited more than it normally is and to be excited under conditions wherein it knows it's safe, the movie theater. Because no matter how good that is, how frightening the movie is to you, you know these monsters, this mad killer with a chainsaw, you know he's not going to come off the screen and get you. But I still tell you, that were it not for the yellow circuit, look at it this way, were it not for the yellow circuit, we would not have movies like that and people wouldn't be attending them. Because there is a food chain going from the planet up your spine, up your nervous system. The yellow circuit is the last one fed. And it, it would appear on the surface, if you're following what I'm saying, that horror movies are enjoying or seeking out the news that is bad, listening to gossip about tragedies which I point out has been common throughout the history of man and still is. And there's several ways you can look at it, but I say what it is. At first you might think, well, it is a vicarious thrill of hearing about other people's tragedies. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could say that too. In fact, that's the way I looked at it 30 years ago. The refinement I see now is this. That is not what we're really after, the people after. What they're after is a stirring up of the other circuit. And I would think, based on my experience, that that's not easy to grasp right at first. But it, and it's important though, because much of what men think and you think that you do that is red or blue circuit based is not. That's why I kept 
for a long time laid on the fact that most of what we live nowadays is in a secondary reality. And it seems real enough. And it, I'd waste my time saying it's not real, but I tried to point out to you that it's not really real. That there's no such thing as religion. There are churches, there are synagogues, there are temples. There's no such thing as education. There's the campus at Cambridge, Princeton, UCLA. But there's no such thing as education. There's no such thing as religion. There's no such thing as science. There's Livermore Laboratory, although God knows who'd want to work at a place named that, but anyway. <laughs> but there's no such thing as science. The potential for the yellow circuit is never fully executed. That is the only way where I was, before you got me lost, sidetracked. Were it not for this unused potential, we would have no sense of an I, of a self. Again, I don't know if we can see it, but just try and follow this right quick. It doesn't literally make sense, but you can use it. Were it not for the yellow circuit, would the red circuit have a sense of I? I don't know if we can feel it or not. The answer is no. Would the blue circuit have a, a, a sense of individual self? I'm just going to tell you no, and I invite you to look at it. It is only the yellow circuit that has a sense of I. And I'm giving you, proposing to you one model that explains, or that my model shows how that this is the only place it's possible. And I propose that the reason that it is possible, you remember my story that started out two nights ago about a man who found this beast in his house, this large beast. Well, in fact, the beast was so large that down there took up all the space in his house, almost. It took up this much. It took up so much room that he couldn't find a place to stand firm enough to ever give the damn thing a push. <laughs> now, I didn't say he had no room to stand, but the room, the space that was available was so limited, you know, he couldn't get down there and get in a good stance and get any leverage to even push the thing to try to get it out. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The man represents our sense of I. It's that one unused space, that one used, unused part of the potential of the yellow circuit that even makes possible. That is where we derive the sense of I. To go out in a flame of the red barren glory, here's what's worse. Now nah, here's what's better. Now nah, here's what's indifferent. Were it not for that unused potential in the yellow circuit, that unused place, there wouldn't be people like us trying to do this thing called waking up. I'll put it to you again. You've heard this already. Maybe it make more sense tonight. I put it to you that everyone is aware of the fact that the yellow circuit has unused potential all the time. It's not possible to fill up the yellow circuit in the same way that you can fill up the red circuit when it's hungry with food. Everybody knows that there is a space that is unused, a space that is always empty in the yellow circuit. What does the other six billion people on this planet try to do? They try to fill up that space. That's what Sufism used to call trying to become identified. For some of the old Vedic literature used to say, you try to, you try to drown yourself or to immerse yourself in the illusions of life. They try to fill it up. And it's not an attack on movies or entertainment, as you know by now, but that is what all entertainment is. You go to a movie, 
to fill up, to try and fill up that unused space. You read a book, you read a magazine. That's what six billion people do. What a few people do, try to do, such as us. I speak for me and on your behalf. Or in Ben's case, on your third. They try and fill up the unused space. We try to enlarge it. That's what trying to wake up is. In case you hadn't noticed. There's just this little space, just barely enough room to stand. Just barely enough room to have this passing feeling of I, if you're asked about it. Are you in charge of your yellow circuit? Oh, yeah. You didn't even have that delusion. And so someone asks you, and then, and the only reason that you can go, yeah, is there's this little unused space, and if your yellow circuit is asked some question, but just put it directly and simply, if it's asked, are you in charge of your thinking? You know, what goes on in your mind? Are you in charge of it? If it were not for that little room, your yellow circuit couldn't answer. It wouldn't have the answer that it has, because that one little empty space, if you're asked about it, an ordinary person, then instantly yellow circuit fills up that space almost. That's the closest it comes, just for it, and they'll overlap, that it's still having what we call th thinking, having thoughts. And somebody says, are you in charge of your thoughts? You go, yes. You go, you are in charge. Yes, I'm in charge. Momentarily it overlaps, that the yellow circuit is still having thoughts, and then that empty space it has created this I, and it's an ad hoc invention for the moment. Oh, yes. But if you hold it for a few seconds, as you know, or you're supposed to know by now, the thoughts stop. This takes over. Oh, no, not to worry. It's not going to last for a second. <laughs> and then the yellow circuit is back in action like it's supposed to be, and that where there was that, this you going, Yes. And, of course, an ordinary person, the truth is, there for a moment, they're awake. That's the goddamn, well, I was going to say goddamn sad truth to be sarcastic about it. Doesn't do them any good, and they don't really notice. But there for a second, they are awake. Because the, the available potential that's unused in the yellow circuit, in which the yellow circuit, when asked, has established, conjured up this thing of outside of itself. It's filled up this space more or less by the sensation of an I, of a you, of a human self that goes, yes, I'm in charge of my thinking. There for a second, they're awake. But you can't hold it. Ordinary people can't hold it. It's almost impossible to hold it. But ordinary people don't even try to hold it. They don't even see the point. They don't notice whether it's there or not. It's just when they're asked, yellow circuit says, yeah. Yeah, I'm in charge of myself, except it doesn't say that. It goes, it says, yes, I'm in charge. And if you're another sleeping person, when a, another sleeping person or when a person tells you, when they say, quote, yes, that's what I believe, that's what I think. And if you're asleep, you look right at them and you're listening to the biggest lie in the world, the biggest piece of self-deceit, and you know it. Everybody knows it. But there's no I in this other person talking to you. It's delightful. Well, I say it is, but don't let a hippopotamus eat you. <laughs> or even kill you. I don't care whether it eats you. Because we'll all know. I know some of you chuckled, but I didn't stop to ask you if you actually got it. You know, if a man kills a hippopotamus, as far as the yellow circuit's concerned, that's a normal event. I mean, there's nothing 
It's not going to make any headlines. It's only if a hippopotamus kills a man. And then they point out, under suspicious circumstances. And this one guy, though, he almost got it in my story. He thought, wait a minute. Anytime a man is killed by a hippopotamus, the circumstances have got to be suspicious. He almost had it. If he'd gone further and realized what suspicious is, anytime the yellow circuit takes notice of things that happen outside of itself and then comments on it, they always seem suspicious to it. It's only yellow circuit. Over now, what, 5,000 years that we know of that have watched people die. They go through this procedure, they cut them open, fill them full of sand or cinnamon or whatever they do, and wrap them up. They bury them, sometimes they dig them up, and they've turned into dust. And, and yellow circuits still go, I wonder what happens when we die. <laughs> <laughs> now do you get it? The point is, everyone who's dead, forget the hippopotamus, walk out to the cemetery, if you're a yellow circuit ordinary person, and you look at everyone's grave and you think, they died under suspicious circumstances. <laughs> and all you're saying is, it's the yellow circuit saying, I don't know what the hell is going on. That's the suspicious circumstances. Anytime the yellow circuit comments on anything that's real, not on itself, because it'll explain itself, but when it comments on something real, like some people say, why am I so fat? And perhaps you're around and we're not talking about somebody with a genetic problem, and you find somebody that's eating, you know, 67,000 calories a day. <laughs> or somebody drinks all the time, and they complain about headaches <laughs> or diarrhea, and they wonder, what, why is this? This is highly suspicious. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's only the yellow circuit commenting on real matters, that is, non-yellow circuit matters. This is very suspicious. <laughs> oh, well. Maybe I'm not suspicious enough. Maybe that's it. <laughs> I'm too gullible. <laughs> Hold on till next time. I'll be out to visit you individually. I'm going from door to door. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at jancox.com, where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest, or just leave us a message.